Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Lights Out F1 podcast. Uh, this week's episode is going to be a little bit different. It's just me here today. And as I'm sure you're all aware, still a week out from the Belgian Grand Prix. Uh, but there's still plenty to talk about in the world of motorsports and F1, so let's just get right into it. Uh, so as I'm sure many of you have heard, the Japanese Grand Prix has been cancelled this year uh, due to COVID reasons. Uh, another year in a row, we're not going to be returning to Suzuka, unfortunately. Real shame, uh, especially considering it's Honda's last year in the sport officially uh, for them to not get that chance to you know have that farewell to the their home fans one last time. I mean, there, there's still going to be Honda engines next year, I guess, technically under the Red Bull name, but yeah, it's really it's really unfortunate that they've you know really finally built uh, an engine capable of competing with the Mercedes power unit, and and that's the year that they're leaving, and they don't even get to you know have a showing in front of the home fans. So that's a real shame. Uh, another you know casualty to COVID. But uh, you know, as far as replacements, uh, one big uh, potential track that's been floated is the uh, track in Qatar. Uh, so potentially the first F1 race to ever be held in Qatar. Uh, there is a Grade One circuit, the Losail International Circuit, uh, potentially replacing either Japan or Melbourne on the calendar. Um, the other one. Uh, other track that could potentially replace one of those is the outer ring of the Bahrain circuit. So it looks like uh, the final leg of the F1 season is going to be sticking in the Middle East, which which makes sense logistically. Um, they're already going to be in uh, Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi around that time. Uh, so it really just makes things easier, I guess, on the logistics and setting everything up and getting things from track to track. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Qatar... Uh, or the Bahrain circuit, or both of them uh, making an appearance in one of those new empty slots on the calendar. Uh, in other F1 news, uh, the FIA is establishing uh, a regional Formula 4 championship in India. Um, so there's a few uh, regional Formula 4 championships already across the world. There's a bunch in Europe and Asia, uh but you know this this the first one in India so this is a new track for uh, open wheel racing drivers to get super license points to qualify uh for formula 1 climb the ladder up to formula 3 and formula 2 and have that shot so i mean it's it's a really uh I'm kind of surprised that india didn't already have uh a formula 4 regional championship honestly cuz it's you know it's one of the I mean, over a billion people live there i mean you'd think that it would make sense but, uh, you know, India is not like traditionally, I guess, seen as one of the major um, motorsports cultures like, you know, the UK or Germany or Japan is seen. Uh, but still, I mean, really, really cool to see that, you know, so many people, so many um, both up and coming drivers in India and just motorsports fans in India are going to have a lot more um, open wheel racing to see and uh, lots more opportunities to you know show their stuff and maybe get recognized um, because there's not many Indian drivers uh, in the top formula categories. I mean, we have Jahan Daruvala, the Red Bull prospect in F2 right now. Uh, a few years ago, 
Karun Chandok, the Sky Sports uh, presenter, he also raced in F1, but it is not a very long history of of Indian F1 drivers. Uh, but yeah, I mean, frankly, I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's a great idea by the FIA to you know cast some light on some uh, some more junior Formula talent in India. I mean, there's again like a billion people who live in India, so you know I'm sure that there's plenty of young uh, open seater racing drivers who are just waiting for the opportunity and this this could be it for them so i i think hats off the fia great idea and i'm really looking forward to seeing some more uh junior formula racing uh and in other f1 news uh we've got a bit of a developing story here um but it could shape up to be a real bombshell so i think it's worth discussing for the people uh so this story concerns two pretty large characters on the uh, in the F1 paddock. Uh, Toto Wolff, team boss of Mercedes AMG F1 team, and Lawrence Stroll, CEO and owner of the Aston Martin F1 team and also chairman of the Aston Martin road car company. So it's, it's come out recently that both Toto and Lawrence are under investigation by the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK. That's pretty much the British version of the SEC. Uh, And the reason they're under investigation is a stock transaction that took place in the April of 2020. Uh, So last April, Toto Wolff acquired uh, just under a 1% stake in the Aston Martin road car company. Uh, That 1% stake is worth roughly 36 million US dollars. Uh, so in the months following Toto's stock acquisition, the Daimler company, uh, Mercedes AMG F1 team's parent company, uh, with whom Toto Wolf is obviously very close, uh, began a major investment in the Aston Martin road car company. Uh, Daimler acquired like a 20% stake in Aston Martin. Uh, the former AMG CEO uh, moved over to be the new Aston Martin CEO. Uh, this is also around the same time that the Racing Point F1 team was in the transition to the Aston Martin F1 team. So it was a big time for Aston Martin. Uh, since last April, the Aston Martin stock price has skyrocketed by around 60%. Uh, so Toto's 36 million investment is, it's looking pretty nice right now. Um, and so, you know, Toto's position high up as the team boss of the Mercedes F1 team, uh, being a close friend to Lawrence Stroll, CEO of the Aston Martin F1 team, chairman of the Aston Martin road car company, all the while, while Mercedes Road Car Company is investing in Aston Martin, it it does start to look kind of suspicious. I mean, Toto bought that stock at a very opportune time. Uh, I mean, it, it was right before some major announcements came to light uh, concerning Mercedes and Aston Martin that, as we can see, were very, very fortuitous uh, financially for Aston Martin and its shareholders. Now, of course, I'm not 
accusing uh, Toto Wolf or Lauren Stroll of committing insider trading. This investigation is still very early. I'm going to let it run its course. I'm not going to make any you know, crazy claims. I don't want to get sued for libel. Uh, and you know, this is not, it's not a financial podcast. It's an F1 podcast. So, you know, I think that's enough, uh, talk about, you know, stocks and, uh, insider trading investigations. I'd rather frame this, uh, this budding scandal in more of an F1 light. So, uh, you know, if we think about the Aston Martin F1 team, formerly the Racing Point F1 team and the Mercedes F1 team, uh, another scandal between those two comes to mind. Uh, some of you might know, of course, what I'm referring to. The pink Mercedes. Uh, so fans of the Drive to Survive F1 series will remember this story from the latest season. Uh, Racing Point's 2020 F1 car uh, when it was unveiled at preseason testing in 2020, it, it turned some heads in the paddock. Uh, of course, not just because it was, you know, arguably the third fastest car. Because it had some striking similarities to Mercedes' car from the year before, 2019's W10. Um, of course, that scandal has pretty much been laid to rest by itself, Uh Racing Point got a slap on the wrist. They still beat Renault in the constructors. Uh, not much really came from that in the end. Uh, the FIA did ban the use of 3D scanning to copy rival scars. But Racing Point wasn't really penalized very heavily, and Mercedes wasn't really implicated at all. Um, so, you know, looking back to that, uh, who was in charge of Racing Point at that time? It had already been bought by Lawrence Stroll. And of course, we know Toto Wolf was team boss of Mercedes. And now I'm not suggesting that, you know, Toto uh, allowed some Mercedes schematics from the year before to find their way to the Racing Point engineering department in exchange for <laughs> stock tips from Lawrence Stroll. No, that's, that's kind of insane. But uh, these two scandals, so close together, certainly do uh, raise some suspicions. Um, I mean, F1 has never really been uh, some impeccable, clean sport. I mean, the FIA is very often criticized for being corrupt and favoriting teams and the number of team bosses and drivers and sponsors who have been involved in some kind of crazy conspiracy or scandal, it's, it's countless. I mean, just a couple weeks ago, we talked about the infamous uh, Renault Crashgate scandal. So uh, a scandal like this certainly isn't something just totally out of nowhere for F1. It's certainly something that, if nothing else, seems plausible. Uh, and if it does turn out to be nothing, then it's just a very, very strange coincidence. And you know whether or not the FIA decides to investigate this, which I think they should, uh, I'm sure that Helmut Marco and Christian Horner are on the phone with private investigators as we speak. Uh, they probably have an army of detectives scouring for any any crumb 
of financial or sporting crimes by Toto and the Mercedes teams, I would not be surprised if Helen Marco actually did hire some some private investigators. That that would not surprise me one bit. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it uh, at the moment for that story. As I said, still developing, still uh, very much ongoing. But uh, you know, this story has the potential to develop into a lot. Uh, it could be nothing. It could just be a huge waste of time. Or it could be F1's next big scandal. I mean, this has the potential to be on the level of Crashgate uh, in terms of, of fallout and consequences. Uh, I mean, we could see multi-year race bans if this turns out to be something that actually was a, a coordinated conspiracy by uh, team executives. Of course, if this is anything, if there's anything at all to this story, we will have to wait and see. But the the potential for for drama and for massive fallout in the paddock is certainly there if something does come from this. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to hearing more about this, whether it's something or nothing. uh, It's certainly, certainly keeping me on the edge of my seat. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. I know this episode isn't what you're used to. Uh, we'll be back to our scheduled programming next week with the Belgian Grand Prix. And thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye-bye.